to be here tonight as we dig into uh, your word and see the importance of, of telling others uh, what you've done in our lives. God, as we see different examples of people in Scripture, may we just be moved uh, by what they did and, and just do what they did as well. Can we speak to us? Can we show us that it's important for us to go out and leave a mark and just uh, give the world the hope that we have, uh, the hope that this world desperately needs to make. Give us boldness and courage to go and to share uh, the good news with uh, somebody close to us that needs to hear this guy. Give my pray. Amen. All right, so this is week two of our bring a uh, be a bringer message. Um, so I have again I have the notes for you guys. So if you have the Bible, like the U version Bible app, you guys can see there. You go to the little more tab in the bottom section. And if you go over to the events, you can find our notes. They're all there. At the end of the notes, I didn't say this last time, but at the very bottom is a, is a devotional that kind of ties in with what we're talking about. So after you guys finish this tonight, you guys are really welcome to start the devotional tonight. And then you kind of follow along what we've been doing and just and we grow a little deeper um, by reading God's Word there on your own. You got it? We good? Yeah? Fantastic. Nobody said anything. I love it. I love it. So this is Go Out, Leave a Mark is the name of this, this lesson. So in the Bible, we see story after story of people in the Bible that when they meet Jesus, they went out and immediately told everybody, told other people about him and what he had done. And so as, as followers of Jesus, we're called to go and do the exact same thing. In Matthew 28, 16 to 20, it's a verse we've looked at several times this is I've been here in two and a half years. This is it's, it's what we call the Great Commission, um, with what God is calling commissioned followers to do. So it says in Matthew twenty-eight sixteen. Uh, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations." baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So why, why do we need to take that commission, that verse, seriously? What do you guys think? You have to be really loud. I can't hear anything back here. Were you raising your hand or were you distracted? Good. To apply it to us, not just disciples. Yeah, for sure. So why, why, why do we take this command, this great commission, Matthew twenty-eight? Why do we, why does this need to be taken seriously? Why do you think Jesus makes this a command? This is so. This is the end of the book of Matthew. He's already died. He's already been buried. He's already been resurrected. He comes back and tells his disciples this shortly after the Lord of the Acts and he sees him ascending to heaven. So this is like the, one of the last few things he tells his disciples. So why would this be, this command, be one of the last things he says? I'm going to go back to that, that screen that has a verse. So why do you think Jesus makes this a command before he ascended into heaven? What do you guys think? You think it would be important? You get somebody in your life that they've been teaching you for three years, 
they're about to leave, you figure like in the last day they tell you probably something important, right? It wouldn't be like, hey, you catch the sword baseball game. It wouldn't be anything like that, right? It's something of, of substance, something of importance. So that's what he's doing here. He's not just leaving his disciples on the fluff, but I think make them feel better. He's, this is what you guys need to do. I'm, I'm go and baptize, go and teach, and baptize all nations, not just people that look like you, all nations. All these things. This is what he's telling them, telling them to do, and this is what he's telling us to do. Right? So if you're a follower of Christ, this is your commission. You guys got this? Take your hand, take your hand, listen and think. Okay. <clears throat> this is what we're all called to do. In John chapter 4, we have one of my favorite stories. Um, they showed, they, uh, they had, we watched it last year at our retreat, or I guess it was this year at our retreat back in January when we were in, in uh, Stanton. We watched that video from The Chosen with the woman at the well. You remember that scene? Pretty clever. I thought about playing it, but it's like eight minutes long, so I decided not to. Um, you know the story of the woman at the well where she goes in the hottest part of the day. It's noon, it's hot, and she goes and gets water, and Jesus is there, and he's like, hey, can I have, can I have a drink? And this woman, who was a, a Samaritan woman, who you know, and if you guys don't know, the Samaritans, the Jewish people hated each other. Like, they did not get along. And so for Jesus, a Jewish man, to even talk to a Samaritan, much less a Samaritan woman in his culture, was not done. That's not what you did. And so Jesus, he said, hey, can I have some water? It's like, uh, you should be, we should not be seen talking together. This is not right. So as they're talking, Jesus continues to just reveal himself to her as, as the Messiah, saying, I can provide you with living water. You're giving me water to sustain me for a little bit of time, but I can give you something that's going to last forever. So eventually, he reveals, you know, hey, I know a little bit of things about you. I know that, you know, the guy you're sleeping with or you're living with is not your husband. You've got five husbands and all these things. So all this stuff that Jesus is telling her and teaching her reveals to her that he is truly the Messiah, that he's come to save not just the Jewish people, but everybody. Remember, she was a Samaritan. So she runs back and tells everybody in the town about Jesus. Essentially, she's the first missionary. That's what she was. She went back and told the guy she was living with and the rest of her town. They came out and, and listened to what Jesus was saying. So we have that story. Then we have the story over in, in Luke chapter 4. Uh, Luke 4, 31 says, And he went to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching. For his word possessed authority. We looked at said that while ago, Matthew 28. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. This would be crazy to see. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And then you have Luke 5, starting in verse 12. It says, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, which is not what you did with people who had leprosy, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him, and he, Jesus, charged him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for proof to them. But now even more of the report about him was brought. So Jesus said, hey, don't tell anybody about me. 
And then the guy goes and tells everybody about it. It says, The great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Two chapters over in Luke chapter 7. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out. Let me say that again. A man who had died was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched I was to say the, the beer. I, I don't know what that means. A buyer. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, and the bear stood still. I guess it's the people carrying the man. He said, "Young man, I say to you, arise." Verse 15 is a little crazy. And the dead man, the dead man, sat up and began to speak. I don't know if you guys know this. Dead people do not talk. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all. Yeah, that, that would make sense. And they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. And you go over one chapter over in Luke 8. And they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. That's pretty strong. Verse 30, Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. Many, not one, many. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down a steep bank into the lake and drowned. And when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. And then people went out to see what had happened for themselves. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And then all the people of the surrounding country, the Gerasenes, asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. It says, the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. All right, so did you guys, did you guys pick up on this common thread in these passages? What, what, what's the common thread? What's the common theme happening? It's okay if you tell me out loud. It's, I promise Be loud. You gotta be loud, bro. I can't hear you. This place echoes way too bad. Yeah. 
That's one for sure. That, that he approached people that the society might not go anywhere near. For sure. Is there other? Does you guys see another common thread in here? Crowds. Huh? Crowds of people. Crowds of people. But how do they get? How do they get besides the crowds? Miracles. Well, miracles. But but then how do they they had to be told, right? They were told. So they said, like this last passage it said that they that he immediately went. It says there. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. The lady who born with the well went told the city of Sychar what Jesus had done. You had, you know, the, the guy that was healed from leprosy. Jesus said, hey, why don't you go to the priest like you're supposed to. Like the Torah tells you, the law tells you to do. You go and search up to the priest, pay the, or you know, give the offering you're supposed to do. Instead, he went told everybody about him. So all these stories you had, well, they had interactions with people who decided to interact with the common thread here is that Jesus did something miraculous and amazing. The crowds came, but those people that he did these things for, they went and told others. That's what they did. And last, if you were here last week, we talked about your story, right? Your God story, what God has done in your life, and having a testimony. Uh, I'm preaching this Sunday, so that gives you an excuse to skip. No, no, you better be there. Be there Sunday morning, I'm preaching. And it's going to kind of hit on this a little bit um, about the word Ebenezer and stones of remembrance and having the importance of having your God story. And so I'm going to call like two of you guys just randomly up on stage and tell everybody your stories to be ready. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. You guys can see your faces. It's fantastic. I'm not going to do that. Um, but you will hear in a minute, actually. I'm not joking about that. But um, we all have a God story. And if God has something in your life, like what we saw in these stories here in the Bible, you are called to go tell people about what God has done, correct? Yes, shake your head yes, because we looked at while ago, the very first verse, Matthew 28. And so we need to make sure that we understand that although we can have a personal relationship with God, it's not a private one. Yeah, there may be moments of, of private intimacy between you and God, but when we know Jesus, we have a responsibility to go out and tell other people about it, right? So yeah, there may be aspects that are private, but not the whole thing. You can't just say... Oh, I'm a Christian and not tell nobody. Just kind of hook her down and be afraid and just like, it's me, Jesus. Nobody else. And that's, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to go out and tell people. But there are a few things I want you guys to make sure you understand about this. Because it's, it's not our jobs to save people. You guys hear me? It's not our job to save people. We can't do that. The Lord is the only one who can soften hearts. Right? And we need to be praying for those people's hearts. We're praying for, the, for God to soften those hearts. So, like I said, we don't talking about having that one life that being a theme for our group for this year. That you know somebody in your life who's not a Christian. We're praying for, for God to soften their hearts. And if you look at the, the story of the Exodus when Moses you know, freed the Israelites from the Egyptians, you read the story over and over where the Pharaoh's heart was hardened, right? And finally, it says that the scripture says his heart was softened. That's what we're calling. That's what I'm asking you guys to do: to have that one friend that you have to pray for them that God would begin to soften their heart to hear what, what you have to tell them, right? What you have to tell them. Well, I want you to bring them here. Yes, they're probably going to listen to you more than they're going to listen to me because they're your friend, right? Yes. I mean, I'm, I don't know. They're probably more your friend than my friend. But we need to understand that planting the seed is a win. And we may just talk to them. They say it's like an average of like 11 times somebody shared the gospel to before they come to Christ. Like 11, I think, is what I've heard the number. I don't know how you determine that, but that's what, I, that's what smarter people than me say. So I don't know. 11, 
times it takes for someone to respond to the gospel. You got it? 11. So you may be like the fourth person to share Jesus with this person. And so all you may be doing is, is just planting a seed and just saying, hey, here's Jesus. This is who he is in my life. And they're like, cool, awesome. And they walk off or whatever. You may be just planting a seed and that's still a victory. What that mean by that? You know, our job is just to share the gospel and then let God do his work. Because remember, we go back to that first one. It's not our job to save people. We can't do that. So then the question is, how can you measure or define success when it comes to sharing Jesus with somebody? Can you measure success when it comes to sharing Jesus with somebody? What do you guys think? You know, our, our success is not defined by bringing somebody to Jesus. We can't do that. You know, we just share what the gospel is shared, what God has done in our lives. Let him do the work. But success comes when we are just obedient and sharing our faith. That's what he wants from us. It's just to share our faith. And so we're successful when God presses upon our hearts to say, Hey, I want you to share your faith with this person. And you do it. That is that's success. That means that you're being obedient to what God has called you to do. You feel like you're like, God didn't call me to talk to anybody. I'll give direction. Point to that passage in Matthew 28. We're called to go and to share our faith with people. And it says in Matthew 28, go. And, and the Greek is better when it's like it's actually like as you go. So it's not just, you know, make an appointment with me to Starbucks to talk about it. As you go is basically you walk around HEB and you tell the gospel to somebody, you tell the gospel to somebody while you're in line at HEB. It's just as you're going about your life, be obedient to share the gospel with whomever God is telling you to. Because no matter what we do, God's going to move. We need to believe that God's going to move no matter what we do. And we need to, to lean on Him to move people. Because we, we can only do so much on our own, right? We're not God. You guys know this? Say, hey, yes, please, that you understand that you are not God. Right? The world doesn't revolve around you like you might think it does. So we can only do so much on our own. But as, as a group, too, we can help each other move forward in this and to grow and to encourage. Um, I'm going to play a quick video for you guys, about two and a half, three minutes maybe. Uh, they're going to split up and frame up three groups. I'm not sure. That's not really good. I'm at three. Um, and we're going we're to break up the small groups. Hopefully leaders, you guys should have those week two conversation there in your app. Um, but I want you guys, if you were here last week, you were challenged to do homework, to write out your testimony. And by judging by the amount of papers I see out, I, I imagine everybody must have done that and brought it with them. Um, and so we're going to break up and have some more questions. Some of the questions that we've already been asked tonight but maybe you actually talk out loud in a smaller setting. But then I'm going to ask you guys to share your story in your room with your group of your people. Um, we're not going to make you. Okay, no one has to make you do that. Um, but I would like you to. I'd like to encourage you. Because it's going to be easier for you guys to share it with people you know and share with people who, who might believe like you, and share with people who you don't know or people who don't believe like you believe. So these people are going to be here to encourage you tonight. So that's, that should make it a little bit easier, hopefully, to share your story. You guys got it? So I'm going to play a quick video. Uh, when the, uh, I'm going to pray quick video. And when the video is over, you guys will go to uh, small group 23. You guys know how it works. Stand up, find the leaders, and just go wherever we might have to care. It's pretty easy. So let me pray, and then we'll watch this quick video. God, may you just 
begin to show us the importance of sharing our story and, and, and leaving these four walls of this church, God, and actually going out and sharing what you've done in our hearts and our lives. Because that's, that's what truly matters. And you call us to, to share these things. You call us to, to teach and to, 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 to disciple the world, God. And may we just be obedient to that calling. It's not a calling just for ministers, for, for Sunday school teachers, God. It's a calling for each believer. May we be obedient to that. May we show us, you know, bring up great things to mind from our story that, that, that we can share that might just help somebody else. And we may be that one person to, to plant the seed. And we may be that final person who, who can celebrate with them as they pray and to confess you as Lord and Savior. I pray for this video. May it impact us in, in just in a different way. May our small groups continue just to talk and discuss these things. God, may kids just be be willing to share their story tonight with their friends, to not be afraid, and to know that uh, people in this room love them and care for them, and, and, and genuinely want to see them to grow in their walk and just be encouraged and blessed by them. In my prayer, Amen.